Well, before I begin this homily, I want to make a little bit of a confession. This might not surprise really any of you, but I don't really like to preach about love. I'm not very good at it. I'm much better at good at preaching about fire and brimstone and, you know, all this other, like, dark stuff. But this love stuff, that's just not, not something that, that, that I do very well. And I think the reason for that is because I went, like so many of y'all, to public school. And I don't know if you've ever been to public school. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. You know, even private school is guilty of the same thing. There's this kind of idea that's surrounding the music and the dances and kind of the culture there and the culture of this world in general, really. Is that whenever we talk about love, we're talking about just being nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> just being sweet. Or, or, that's one way of looking, that's one version of love. The other version of love, which is even more prominent in the school, is kind of a hormonal rush between two individual people. That was another problem that we had. It didn't go over so well for a lot of people. But that was another kind of way that the, our world looks at love. Another way is to simply receive a warm, fuzzy feeling whenever we get what we wanted. Somehow, that's another understanding of love. And these understandings of love absolutely permeate our culture. Whenever we talk about being people of love, usually, at least in my own experience, in my own mind, it usually means being somewhat of a teddy bear. And that's kind of, now that teddy bears are wrong, teddy bears, I, I like teddy bears, they're cute, whatever, but that idea has also translated into the, our same idea that we have of Christ. That Christ is nothing more than a lovey-dovey teddy bear that just came down from heaven just to tell us how good we are. And that's it. And the great, a great story that I had that kind of accompanies this is a story that I heard from my recruiter in the Navy. He was a priest on an aircraft carrier. And on an aircraft carrier, every evening what they do is pray something called evening prayer. And this has been a naval tradition for the past 200 years. So Catholic, Protestant, whatever, you get up every evening and you pray evening prayer. Side note, if you land an airplane down on the aircraft carrier while the chaplain's praying evening prayer, you get double the points for that day. Very cool. So if you're in a trivia competition, there you go. You won that answer. So anyway, he was praying evening prayer, and he said, you know, in the prayer, Lord, forgive us for any transgressions we may have made against you. Forgive us for any sins. Forgive us for any wrongdoing. And he did the prayer. Everything was fine. Next day, he rolls around. A Navy SEAL goes up. And talks to him. And he said, you know, Father, that was a very, very Old Testament prayer you were praying. All this mention about sin and transgression and all this, like, kind of darkness that you were talking about. I mean, aren't we kind of more about, like, the New Testament? And then, like, Father looks at him in kind of an astonished look. I'm like, uh, have you read the New Testament? Don't you know it's all about forgiveness of sin and whatnot? And the Navy SEAL, like, stops in his tracks and he goes... Come to think of it, no, I haven't. I've never read the New Testament. And so Father, being a good priest, challenged him. He said, why don't you read the New Testament and get back to me on this? So he told him to read the New Testament. Now, Father was also a very good priest. He realized that he probably wouldn't read the New Testament, and so he didn't really think much of it after that. Well, lo and behold, he did read not quite the whole New Testament, but a part of it. Three days later, the Navy SEAL goes up to the priest and says, Father, I didn't read the whole New Testament. But I did read the Gospels. I did read the Gospels. And I gotta tell you, Father, that Jesus fella, he's one tough cookie. 
Now, he didn't quite say tough cookie. He's a sailor now. He said other words, but I can't mention him in this homily. But my point being is that that's the Jesus of the Scriptures. Jesus of the Scriptures is not a teddy bear. He's not this, like, sweet little thing that just comes and, like, you know, gives us bunches of hugs. Not that he doesn't do that from time to time, but that's not his primary mission. No, his primary mission and what he shows us is that love is so much bigger than just affirming people right where they're at. What the Lord shows us whenever it comes to love is that love is so much more than just a feeling. Love is a virtue. That's the Christian understanding of love. That love is a virtue. It's not just something that we default into doing whenever we want to avoid conflict or avoid confrontation or avoid dealing with problems. It's an ideal that we turn to to strive. Something to look for. A real, a real kind of push. A real kind of hurdle to overcome. A real kind of goal to look at. To be people of love. To be people of love. And the best way to look at love, really and truly, as a virtue, is to just, just, just boil it down to one word. If you and I want to express our love to the fullest extent, it all boils down to one thing. And that is commitment. Commitment. G.K. Chesterton said so beautifully, love is not blind. The world says love is blind. But love is not blind. If love is anything, love is bound. Love is bound. And we can see this very clearly in the most beautiful, clear example of unconditional love in the whole world. And that is the bond of marriage. In the bond of marriage, a man looks at a woman and says, I will take you as my wife no matter what. And you will stay that way with me for the rest of my life, the rest of your life. In the bond of marriage, a woman looks at the man and says, I will take you as my husband. And it will be like that no matter what. For my life, we will remain husband and wife. That is unconditional love. That is the binding of love. That is commitment in its purest, most beautiful form. The church fathers say that whenever we look at marriage, we're looking at a sacrament, an image of the way God loves mankind. His undying commitment, a commitment to stay with us, a commitment to unite to us, a commitment that can never, ever be severed, ever, unless we do it to him. That's what love is. Love can also be seen whenever a priest lays down his life, lays down his body when it to get ordained on a cathedral floor. Love can be seen whenever a sister, a future sister, gives her life to God as his bride. But let's be honest, guys. The greatest love that we can ever see, the greatest, most finest commitment, the times whenever we see that love is bound fully and wholly is right there on the cross. Like I said earlier, I went to public school. And one of the things that we, I heard talk about, we, we had a newspaper at, at our public school, and there was a newspaper column. And one of the great complaints about, you know, it was just basically an opportunity for students to complain, all right? But, but one of the things that this guy said, or got on a girl, I don't know who wrote it really, but they said, why is it that Christianity is so full of images of Jesus on the cross? He did so many better things 
He healed people. He brought children to himself. He multiplied bread. He multiplied wine. He did all kinds of things. Why is it that we look at this image, this grotesque image of Jesus on the cross, and it all boils down to one simple thing, commitment. Whenever you and I look at Jesus on the cross, we look at the commitment of God. The commitment that the Lord made to us, the covenant that he sowed for us to ensure our eternal salvation, to ensure our inheritance, something that he didn't have to do. Guys, whenever we look at the cross, we are looking at the greatest act of love in all of human history. And that's not all. From the cross, Jesus looks at us and he commands us to do the same. Love one another as I have loved you. That's the great paradox of the Christian life. We as Christians, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are not, we're not this world doesn't feed us, this world doesn't nourish us. We, we are called to go beyond it. We are heavenly citizens looking to attain the eternal reward beyond this life. But what Christianity shows us and what the Lord shows us is that if we want to attain heaven, we don't go hide in a hole somewhere and hope we don't sin. No, if we want to attain heaven, we have got to attain it by loving our fellow man, by being committed to our fellow man, by loving one another as Christ loved us. And that means an unconditional commitment, no matter what the return is, no matter what the consequences are. That's what's so beautiful, and that's why we celebrate martyrs so much. These guys, these girls gave their lives totally indifferent to what the consequences or to what the results were. They weren't counting the cost. They weren't counting what happened to them. They didn't care if somebody made fun of them in the process. They didn't care if they were missing out on anything. They didn't care. In the same way, Jesus put all of those humanly, earthly desires aside whenever he committed to redeeming you and I. That is the beautiful mission of Christianity. To love one another. Which means to be committed to one another no matter what what a beautiful mission we have and what a beautiful paradox because what the lord shows is that if we love one another the reward we have will not necessarily come in this life and that's okay that's actually a relief because how often do we love people are we committed to people and they don't really care but what he shows us is that for that cross that you and I experience in loving another person, in loving and being committed to them, in loving the rest of humanity, our families, our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our parents. What he shows us is for that cross, you and I will experience a glorious resurrection. And that resurrection will be to live in God the Father, in love for all of eternity. God bless you.